Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And happy Friday to everybody out there. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez, getting you ready for the weekend. Good evening, Julio. How are you, sir? We're doing good, doing good. Two guys in a brewery. Of course, we brought this back. Uh, last couple of Fridays been a little bit different. I was filling in on the drive. Uh, just we, we haven't been here for two weeks on Friday nights. Put well, it this way. I have. I have. I know you, you have. You have not. I know you have, but we'll get back into what we do. Two guys in a brewery returns tonight. And I have beer for you as well. It's going to be Red a wonderful Sash night. Red Brewing. That's right. Yeah, it's Army-owned. They're doing a cool thing. Uh, Army-Navy game later in the year with Steve over a call sign. So it'll be good having Red Sash. Nivens stops in here and joins us as well. It'll be the good time. The whole crew, huh? be a good time. I will uh, check in in the uh, 7 o'clock hour. We'll go out to Green Bay and talk to Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, WSSP in Milwaukee. The afternoon host there with Leroy Butler on a show there in Milwaukee to get the latest of the Green Bay Packers and all the drama that they have. And we'll actually look at the actual game and talk about the Packers' chances to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And Ron Cobb from AirheadBright.com joins us at 6.30. But our phone number is always 913-576-7610. If you got something on your chest or Jay Southland Toast Service text line, 913-576-7610. There was good news over at Arrowhead, though. All right, so Mike Rimmer's didn't practice today. Uh, he was the only one that, that uh, didn't practice. Um, and so he is listed as out. Now, that's not good news that Mike Rimmer just did not practice today. Should have rephrased that. It's good news that that's the only person that's actually listed as out for the Kansas City Chiefs is you're this deep into the season on week nine. It's pretty good. Colin Saunders listed as questionable for the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, a lot of people have been asking, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is eligible to come off IR because he's missed his three games. But it's looking like, according to Andy Reid, it might be a week or two with Clyde. Yeah, he's working hard to get back. Um, it's just a whole healing thing that has to take place. And <clears throat> But he's closer than he obviously he was. And, um, you know, we'll just see how, how time handles it here the next week or two. And the next most asked question is, where's Kyle Long? Yeah, so he's working – He's another one that works like crazy, and um, we're getting there. I mean, we're getting close, you know. But he, it's not because he's not in there, not because of effort, right? So, I mean, he's working his tail off. It's pretty remarkable being this deep in the season. We'll get to Green Bay, uh, and who's not playing for them here in just a second, as you guys know, Aaron Rodgers on the COVID list, so he's not in here. A lot of people have been asking about those questions. Julio just firing it off there at the beginning. Uh, OBJ. OBJ's gone from Cleveland, right? It's going to hit the waiver wire on Monday. Um, I heard Nate and CDOT talking about uh, 
about OBJ with the Chiefs put in a uh, claim on the waiver wire because here's the way things work. Uh, four years NFL veteran doesn't have to go through the waiver process uh, until, and then after the trade deadline, everybody has to go through it. That's why you see some of these veterans going through it. They don't have to before the trade deadline. Afterwards, they do. Trade deadline was back on November 2nd. And obviously, it brought in Melvin Ingram to the Kansas City Chiefs. But here, here's those thoughts, Julio, because I get a bunch of these via Twitter, the text line, you name it, the once OBJ. And Adam Schefter tweets out just a little bit ago, any team that claims Odell Beckham would inherit $7.25 million of salary for the remainder of the season. Uh, the cost is considered high for a player that will now be considered a rental, with the, this being the last year of his contract. Hence, the games begin, the recruiting begins on Monday. He's obviously going to have to have a different contract with that. I'm not wild about all the drama going on with there. That's the one thing. Because everybody's always interested. Sean Jackson's going to be available out there. He's 34 years old right now. But these are always the questions that come up. Just like when Ingram wasn't going to work out with Steelers, became, would he be a fit with the Chiefs? Yes, 100% he is. But I'm not wild about drama and bringing in drama. See, Odell Beckham, yeah, listen, he's a talented player, no question about it. But And they still could get him. I mean, if they, if they go through and do the recruiting process, it's hard to believe they would, seeing as the Chiefs are uh, cash-strapped. And not only that, you're going to have to play, pay Melvin Ingram this year. It's going to be – he signed a $4 million contract. It's going to be like $600,000. But that's a big reason why they traded LDT, saved that million, basically saving a million dollars, what they would have been paying Melvin Inger. But they need money. And Odell Beckham is not exactly the answer for that. But he brings in drama. His dad's out there on Instagram showing, you know, videos of Baker Mayfield, which we know he has the worst quarterback rating in the league between that duo with him and OBJ. You don't do that stuff. You, you don't take down the quarterback about how bad he is at throwing to your son. You know, like the Chiefs don't need that kind of drama. Can you imagine if he would be here and Mahomes would miss him? And by the way, Odell dropped the fourth and two a couple weeks ago. I mean, right in his hands. It it does happen with Odell. Can you imagine him going after Mahomes, the dad, how that would fly here? Wouldn't fly at it all. It wouldn't here. fly here. It wouldn't fly at all here. It wouldn't fly here. But the Chiefs could end up with I I doubt it happens, but again, I just don't like drama. Wouldn't want the drama around here. Speaking of drama, we'll talk to us. Um, we'll, we'll go out to Green Bay here at seven o'clock. But the whole Aaron Rodgers thing—I'll be honest, That's with crazy you. man. That's I'll be, crazy. I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I looked at this whole deal, and I was actually excited about this matchup. I mean, when the league came out, because it's who you played two years Everybody, ago. This was, it was circled on the calendar. Yeah, the reciprocal division you played. Yeah. Green Bay—they finished first, like the Chiefs. So that was going to be the reciprocal game for the Kansas City Chiefs. We we got robbed of this game a couple years ago when Mahomes was hurt. And Aaron Rodgers comes to town. Didn't see that. Green Bay didn't fulfill their end of the bargain going to the Super Bowl last year. And that would have been fun. A little State Farm Super Bowl right there. But you're not getting Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he goes on the COVID list. Then all the drama about him not being vaccinated. He went on Pat back if he showed today. I don't know if you know this. But oh, it was, I did. It was oh, scorched earth. I mean, he threw everybody. I mean, he has his reasons. I, You know, I get it. I don't want to get into. Excuses to me. I, yeah, it's, it, it, it sounded like that. I mean, bottom line. It's a business decision. You got to make a business decision. This business decision not working out for him and his teammates right now. It's going to give Jordan Love the opportunity to start. That part I know. We know that he is not playing against Kansas City Chiefs. Now, whether Aaron Rodgers wants to take the shot or not, that's kind of his deal. And did he mislead and all that? There's all sorts of things between Aaron Rodgers and what he feels like he misled or didn't mislead. Anyway, it's a it, it's it's quite the best, but that's drama to me. That's not the football game that's actually taking place, and it's actually an important game for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
you know, all the drama aside, this game matters to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Green Bay is kind of like, they want to see Jordan Love. I was talking to somebody up there that covers the Packers, and I said, what's the, what's, what's the temperature up there? Because this matters to them, and obviously they have more storylines than we do because is Aaron Rodgers your quarterback going forward? Remember, coming into the season, they weren't even sure they were going to have him, and Jordan Love was going to be that guy. Now you saw where they drafted a guy in the first round like Jordan Love, a guy that did draw Mahomes like comparisons when he was at Utah State. Again, these things, Mahomes is now the guy that people like to compare people to. He's actually gotten to that point, but I don't, comparisons, you got to prove it first. Prove it first before you do anything. But I am interested in the Kansas City Chiefs playing against Jordan Love because this is go time for the Kansas City Chiefs. I blocked the first five games of the season and said this will tell us who and what the Kansas City Chiefs are. And unfortunately, I didn't like the results because it included Cleveland, playoff team from last year, Baltimore, a team that had been 0-3 with Lamar Jackson against Patrick Mahomes. They were in that. The Chargers were in that. Everybody's All-American. The Chargers, everybody loves them. Everybody loves the Chargers every single year. And then they just flat on their face every single year, which they like to typically do. And then, Which we called. Well, I mean, we did. And Brian Greasy, you know, bloviating on the Messiah, Justin Herbert, when he's come back to reality because that defense, people are – Finally realizing it sucks, and it's good they see it. But they included that and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Philly was in there, but that wasn't really one of those games you're looking at. First five weeks of the season, you know, it didn't go well for the Chiefs. Do you? But do you really know who the Chiefs are? Because I, I feel like we still don't. No, they don't I don't know who they are. Right? Turn, I, I know they turned the ball over. That's kind of becoming who who and what they are. It, it's it's not just uh, something that happens. It's a trend. Wasn't just a few games. It's it's not just a few games. 19 giveaways. You know, the Chiefs are looking at the plus minus ratio right now in the NFL, and it's not good. With the giveaways, they've got 19, 32nd and plus minus at minus eleven. By the way, the Packers are the other end of that, which should be concerning. You know, I know we talk about Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers and all this. Well, the one way that they can beat the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs with Jordan Love is taking turnovers. And trust me, they've been talking about it. I'll let you know what they've been saying, but this has been an emphasis in Green Bay. They only have six giveaways all year. All year. Plus eight, plus minus. That's how you win with the quarterback making his debut in Jordan Love. You run the football. You hope you get a a few turnovers here and there. And oh, by the way, in other news, Devontae Adams back off COVID list for the Green Bay Packers this week. And their defense, of course, is just fine playing the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's going to be good, and I get it. If Chiefs win, what are people going to say? Well, they, they beat a team without Rodgers. Okay, you know what? You, you take that. Because right now, at the beginning of the year, the Chiefs have had so many things put on them. Oh, they have trouble drafting. Well, Nick Bolden's defensive rookie of the, of the of the month and leads all rookies in that. Oh, they can't do anything in the second round. Well, Creed Humphrey leads a rookie offensive lineman in his pro football focus grade. Oh, by the way, he's going to be a pro bowler and or maybe an all pro at this point. Second round was good for the Chiefs. Defense is bad. Okay, that we know that it's not great. It's not the bottom of the league either, by the way. The Chiefs defense isn't the bad bottom of the league. It's not the worst rushing defense in the league either. That's the Chargers. But the turnovers became who and what the Chiefs are known for. That's all I think about that first five weeks. I think about this team sitting at four and four. Yeah, I can say coulda, woulda, shoulda, which I will. They could be and should be six and two. They should be six and two at this point. Should have, could have, would have. Should have, could have, would have. And speaking from, but it's true. I know what you're saying about the Chiefs' defense that they're they're not that bad, but but they are that bad. I, I, if I was a Packers fan, there's not too many more defenses. I would 
I would want I'll, Jordan Love 100 to make his introduction. I'm not saying they aren't bad. The Chiefs defense. They're they're they're, 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 they're bad. They're, still they're real bad. bad. They're still bad. Yeah, they give up 2.69 points per drive. I mean, it's bad. It's at the bottom of the league. But they're not the worst, is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, just close. Well, yards allowed, they're 29th. I mean, there's a lot of categories they do, but run defense are 22nd now. Again, there are worse teams. I'm saying it's bad, not the worst, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> I will say this, though. In the last four games, only two touchdowns they've given they're, up they're in the second half. They're trending in the right direction. I will give them that. I will yeah, and I give say that, that with yeah. half a smirk on my face because Tennessee did turn off everything on their offense Yes, in that second half against Chiefs. So, again, big deal. Giants missing, you know, half of their offense, basically any <laughs> but that's anyone first, that could make an impact yeah. on their offense. But that's what the first five weeks meant to me. Are we going to find yeah. out who the Chiefs are? We didn't, we didn't find out really anything other than they can't take care of the football. They did have low penalties, but that all changed in the what I called the next three games. I know that makes sense. I went five and then three, but I just look at chunks of the schedule, and that was a chunk that included the Eagles. It included Washington. It included Tennessee. All right, can you go three and zero in that stretch, and all of a sudden be five and three after that to face the Packers? No, they went two and one, so they're sitting here at five hundred at four and four. The good news for the Chiefs is everybody's got flaws in this in this conference. They really do. It's not, it's not a great conference. And every time right I now. say this, people say, "Well, we'll look at Buffalo." Well, the thing about Buffalo Bills are they've got a, a cupcake rest of the schedule. They're inconsistent, but they have a cupcake schedule. The, the only team they've beaten with a winning record is the Chiefs. Like, that is their one marquee win, and the Chiefs are 500. don't have a winning record, right? No. They lost the Steelers at home. They've lost to the Titans. You know, you put good teams out there, and they've lost to them. You know, they, yeah, they've beaten the Dolphins. Yeah, they've beaten the Jaguars. Yeah, they beat Washington. They've done a whole lot of, who cares? How good is that team really? Because I don't know. If I'm in Buffalo, I really don't know how good yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but but they have one. I mean... Look, there are such things as style, no matter what anyone says, there's such thing as style points. And and those well, those they, wins that they do, they have they've done convincingly, right? Well, you only play who's on legit. There. You only play well, they we can think put it points is. up. We think it we, is. We think it I we believe it is. is. Again, but the amount of backup quarterbacks they play would make true. you blush. And I get it the Chiefs are playing one this weekend, but they've made a living off playing backup quarterbacks this season in the NFL. And they haven't been great. They were my survivor pick last week. They were tied three to three at halftime with the freaking that dolphins. That, that with the freaking dolphins at Orchard Park. Like again, the Ravens had a bye week, but two of the last three games they've given up five hundred yards to the opposing offense. It's a flaw. Chargers certainly flawed. If you've watched any Chargers football lately, Cincinnati. Oh, are they going to hold on to that top spot? No, they go and lose to the Jets, and Mike White just destroys them. The AFC is wide open, man. It, it is it wide really open. Is. But this stretch of games, to me, this is another one of those three-game stretches. All right, the Packers. This is, where, this is where you play the big boys right here. This is where you play the first and second seeds in the AFC and NFC. So you've got the Packers, and then you've got the Raiders that are second seed right now in the AFC. Who, ha- who has their own problems right now. And then they, Of course they do. Right? Yeah, we, yeah, I mean, Henry Ruggs issue and everything else, yes, a ton of issues. John Gruden, yeah. ton of issues. They, they, they got a bunch of stuff. They got a bunch of distractions, put it that way. And then the Chiefs have the Cowboys. Like this stretch of games, how good are you going to do going in the bye? Because then you have the bye, and then you get the Broncos right after the bye. And I get it. Broncos are a 500 football team, whatever. I eh, consider that two eh. straight buys for the Chiefs because the Broncos are at home. So we're embarking on the second stretch here, and now you're playing Jordan Love as the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Melvin Ingram, one of the newest Chiefs, did speak yesterday, and so did the uh, coordinators. What are they saying about Melvin Ingram and how they're going to use him? Explain that next. 
This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Big and I.J. Binkley, Julio Sanchez. One of the newest Chiefs, of course, is Melvin Ingram. And Andy Reid was asked today in his little Friday press conference if he expects him to play. Yeah, he'll he'll uh, be up and, um, you know, we'll have a few plays for him. <clears throat> he's looking good. Yeah, he's <laughs> so, nice he's, so he's going to play. He's going to play, right? So Melvin Ingram is going to play. I know this team is excited to have him. He brings that experience. I know he was asked at the press conference if, if he's in game shape. She was like, what the hell? You, I mean, he's been with the Steelers all right? year. He's in game shape. Yeah. And, of course, uh, and of course, the media couldn't go without uh, asking him the barbecue question, too, Julio. I don't know if you're. It's obligatory. See, I don't. Can they, can they, can they cut that at some point? No. Can they cut that at some point? That always has to be a thing. At least let a guy be here a month. No, I know you've been here like two days, but uh, you tried the Kansas City barbecue yet? Not yet, not yet. But he did admit, and, uh, admit to eating Gates one time when the uh, Chargers were here uh, visiting the Chiefs. Let the guys unpack first. It's true. Before you get their barbecue takes an opinion. Yeah, but they want to be the first one to ask the question, you know. I get it. What do we also call the city fountains? That's true. Ask them what their favorite fountain is. They had no I'm waiting for that. somebody to ask that question. Why not? Everybody's got a favorite fountain. What's your favorite fountain? You know what? I don't know the name of it, but I know where it is. It's on Vivian and North Oak. You know that uh, that Northland fountain? I know. I drive by it quite often. And it's so cool when it freezes up, right? We're Northland people. Yeah, but it, it, in the Northland, it freezes up. And so the snow and ice get on the fountain, right? That's my favorite fountain. Yeah, I think most people would say the plaza. What is it, the J.C. Nichols or whatever it's I mean, called They've now. got a bunch out there. I don't, I don't, Coffin the Stadium's one. got fountains? That's true. I, that, there you go. That's my favorite. Thank you. Okay, so so getting back to this Melvin Ingram Which, thing. by the way, those fountains, if you're watching a game and they're off, it's terrible. I went and watched Wichita State, Missouri a couple years ago. Fountains were off. Stale air, man. I love, I love the sound of it. I love the hey, feel man, of it. I'm telling you, when the those mist, fountains aren't on, it sucks. Those are the best. By the way... Secret, those are the best seats in the house. Those, those the fountain seats, seats back there, those are spray. those are money, man. Those are money. And I know it's a different subject, but I've always been advocating when they do make the Salvador Perez statue, which I can pretty much say is a given at this point. Oh, yeah. With his career. 100%. Ever-flowing water bucket, you know, where he's dumping it. Now, That's I've heard other people. idea. I said this a couple years ago, the ever-flowing water bucket. Like where just that. water continues to come out of his bucket. It's what he's known for. Not only that, 95-degree days, 100-degree days. Kids, stick your head under there. I mean, they'd love it. So Hell, I'd love it. You need to coin that so when they steal your idea, you get some compensation for that. So anyway, you, you were going on about what a great question that is. Yes. Barbecue. So, uh, yes, but Melvin Ingram-wise, what, what's your expectations? Because I feel like every time we get a free agent, a mid-season free agent acquisition, we always have such high expectations, and it rarely does it ever pan out. You mean out. Like, like Josh Gordon? Is it? Yeah, exactly. That's become or, a running question. Where about Gordon? And you keep hearing Bell? it. And Andy Reid's even explained after the game. So I know I told you we were going to they were planning on it. His snap count goes up. They're still not using him. Is this is this going to be another Terrell Suggs situation? Because I I feel like the free agents just midseason yeah. acquisitions just don't do well in Kansas City. The reason I, I do like Melvin Ingram, kind of like Terrell Suggs, from the standpoint that this guy's a pro's pro. Yeah, hey, it, he's a veteran. The hardest thing to get is respect. And Terrell Suggs clout. certainly had his cred coming in here. I mean, the guy's going to the Hall of Fame. You know, the guy who wears a ring, 
You know, he, Terrell Suggs had some – he was going to be fine in the, in the clubhouse because people respected him and they liked him and that could rub off on some of the other guys. Hell, some of the guys were talking about carrying a notepad around and everything because that's what Terrell Suggs did. But Ingram brings that too. Ingram's – yeah, he dealt with the media and their questions. Dumb questions too, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yep. But he just got that about him. And it, it kind of reminds me – Nick, Nick Bolton reminds me of him sometimes. Like they're all about business. Like you can tell when people are ready to, you know, he'll smile and have fun in introductory press conference. But when you see people that, that mean business, like he means business. What's my expectations? This, I feel that he'll be used. He, he could be used a little bit differently than Josh Gordon, obviously. And I'm fine with Josh Gordon because it was kicking the tires. It's not costing it's anything. A different for position. That not costing anything. But he knows the scheme. Listen, he's been in a three-four and a four-three. And with the Chargers, he did both. And he switched up when Gus Bradley became their defensive coordinator. But he's done both. And did some linebacker and stuff with the Steelers. I mean, he's done both of those roles. So I have no problem with him kind of knowing what this defense is and they'll point him in the right direction. But what's his – well, the Chiefs will say, you know, it gives them more flexibility to Chris Jones on the inside, which they're, they're, gonna, they're moving towards that anyway. With or without Melvin Ingram being here, they're doing the right thing and putting Chris Jones where he's played the best, and that's on the inside. Yes. He had 28 snaps last week on the inside, 14 on the outside. So they're moving that transition. But this gives you more security on the outside. Like, if you're not going to get Chris Jones on the outside, you put him Elvin Ingram in at times. They, they, they rotate so much on the defensive line. So that's what I'd look for with Ingram. But here's the thing, Julio, as far as production. Like, football comes down to one or two plays. We know this. I mean, it does. Dick Vermeil once told Fesco, you know, I'd never forget, the, you know, and say one or two plays. Like the Baltimore Chiefs lost that game, one or two plays. That was one play. The fumble on the 34-yard line, Chiefs lose, right? But that third and seven, like against Derek Carr, and the Chiefs are you know trying to beat the Raiders. It's third and seven situation. Melvin Ingram comes across. Again, you're not asking him to get five sacks or four sacks, the two and a half maybe, or the two, or be a presence to where Derek Carr throws it away, or throws an interception. Those one or two plays that I think can amount to wins for this team that needs every bit of those wins going forward, that's... That's what I expect. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head with maybe not the direct impact that he has, but the indirect impact that he has of being able to keep him on the outside so you can move Chris Jones on the inside now and, and have him have a bigger impact on the game. Here so, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 100%. Here's Steve Spagnuolo when asked the question about Ingram giving flexibility to Chris Jones. A little bit of flexibility. <clears throat> if you guys noticed last week, we we got him in there as well. So... We want to have Chris. We want Chris to be able to play in both spots, so the teams, you know, don't really know where he's going to line up. And you saw him do this a little bit. Chris Jones was standing up, then he'd go to the inside. Like you'd see the chess match. That's what they want. Like that's what they want. But this gives them the flexibility to keep Chris Jones where he did the best. Coming up next, though, Ron Cop, lead analyst from ArrowheadPride.com, as uh, we'll ask him that question: What's he expect from Melvin Ingram? We do that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. That's what I'm talking about, man. This text line is full of what's your favorite fountain. I ask this question only because the media loves asking people who their favorite barbecue restaurant is, which... It's a heck of a question, man. Yeah, but you know what, though? Any PR should tell them you don't name the names. That way they all give you free stuff. You isolate yourself when you say one's better than the other. Yeah. Andy Reid's played it cool for years. That's true. I That's like them true. all. I like them all. Because you start naming one, you better hope they take care of you because everybody else is going to stop. 
can always change your mind. I mean, you know. but but a lot of uh, fountains, uh, Dr Pepper fountain, the Quick Trip uh, people like the, the uh, old fountain drink. That's the an answer. Text from my man Quentin that said uh, the Northland fountain. He just drove by it. He says, "You're right, man. It's a good fountain. It's good." They did some repairs on it recently, but that's a, that's a good-looking fountain. They've turned it blue a couple times. Yeah, they will thing. do that Yeah, for the Royals and yep. stuff. Do they turn it red for the Chiefs? I don't know. I need to drive by that fountain more often. Yeah, I haven't seen it red, just blue. But anyway, keep them coming. Jay Southland, Tow Service, text line 913-576-7610. What is your favorite fountain? Joining us now, the lead analyst over at ArrowheadPride.com. His name is Ron Kopp, at Ron underscore K-O-P-P, or as Pete Sweeney says, K O double P. What's up? What's up, my man? Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay. Uh, you know, I don't have a favorite fountain, so uh, why? Out of that question, I have no clue. Well, why don't you have a favorite fountain? See, here's the thing, though. We're the city of fountains, right? And I know barbecue and the fountains are a thing, but everybody always asks the players. And Melvin Ingram's been here 48 hours, already asked what his favorite barbecue restaurant is. It's a little too soon. Yeah, well, you'd think maybe, hey, he, he's coming on a few road trips. Maybe he has a place he goes to. So he does. I think that's fair. He does. He talked about uh, he talked about a road trip he had with the Chargers when he went to a, a barbecue. He smiled, too. It will bring a smile to your face. But here's the thing, man. Don't, don't corner these guys in. Let them sample everything before. The, I mean, really, in a month, two months, you might ask at that point, but it's way too early to ask such serious questions. Uh, that we have, but I, I I thought the media forgot it. Then I was like, went back and listened to Azono. They they brought it up uh, right away. But speaking of Melvin Ingram, uh, Julio asked me this too, so I ask you, uh, what kind of impact can you honestly expect? Obviously, we have all these guys coming in. Le'Veon Bell, we had expectations for what he could do, didn't provide anything. You know, Josh Gordon came in with a little bit of hype. They're still you know struggling to find a way to get him the football. What do you expect from Melvin Ingram? Yeah, I think fair expectations are just a situational pass rusher. I don't think there's any real reason for him to be playing a bunch of early down snaps. I think when you have people like Mike Damon and Alex Okafor, I can kind of eat up those snaps where it's more of dirty work, more of the, you know, uh, taking on the block and kind of just, you know, holding your gap and, and not necessarily, you know, uh, going after the passer or, you know, going after the quarterback or anything. I think that's where the, the other guys can take care of that. But then on third down, second and long, or just maybe, you know, late in the halves, two-minute drills, that sort of thing, that's when I think you'll see Ingram be used a little more. And, man, he's still got, he's got, still got juice in the tank. Uh, he hasn't been playing as much for the Steelers, or he didn't play for the, as much for the Steelers down the stretch of his time there. But at the beginning of the season, he was playing quite a bit, and he was really good, man. If you watch that Raiders game early in the season or the Packers game as well, I think it was week four or five, uh, he he was playing very well, and and another kind of wrinkle to this that I, I'm curious about is if they do use him maybe as the Sam linebacker at times to maybe give them a little uh, you know more pass rush juice in that Sam position in certain situations because he does have some off ball experience. Uh, you know he's played a three he played as a three four outside linebacker. That's what he was playing in Pittsburgh. Um, so he is kind of used to be having to drop into coverage at times. Yeah, uh, and, and all that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I think it's kind of an interesting wrinkle to think. Hey, maybe they could do, you know, in base formations, they could have them as a Sam, and then you have four defensive linemen plus Ingram in there, and you can kind of get after the pass, uh, the quarterback a little bit with, with those five. That'd be kind of a cool thing to, to see from the Chiefs. Yeah, he played a lot of outside linebacker the first uh, five or six years of his career. Gus Bradley switched it, so then he went to the, uh, switched the defense with the defensive end, like he'll be doing here, and then when he's in Pittsburgh, was kind of linebacker. Now Taco Charlton uh, will be the guy. Uh, basically filling in a lot for him. But, yeah, you're right. He did get a lot of snaps earlier this season. Got 64% game one, 86%, then 100% 
Then it started dropping to 49, then back up to 60%, then just 26% of the snaps back on the 17th of October. I always liken it to, to this, Ron. I like to have these visions. Like when the Chiefs drafted Mahomes, the whole because I did a draft show that night, the whole way back home, I thought about, you know, Mahomes connecting with Tyree Kill, right? That was this is weird little things that come in my head. When I'm just thinking about that that arm throwing the Tyree Kill. Well, I had these visions of Melvin Ingram, third and seven, Derek Carr, big game with the Raiders. He's going back. You're not asking for five sacks from Ingram or seven or anything like that. Just give me that one and a half, two and a half, whatever sacks. But like that third and seven, he drops back and you get it. That's why he's brought in here for those kind of situations. Maybe that one play in the, in a certain game. Yeah, exactly. And, and the other cool part about Ingram too is that he he's very versatile along the line. You've seen him line up, uh, you know, inside as, as well. Um, kind of, he's always kind of in a two point stance. He's he's, he's always kind of wanting to rush from a from a stand up position, which is fine. Um, but yeah, no, he he, he kind of he can be kind of used all over the place, and that could really could really be fun for for Spags to kind of kind of mess with. You know, have Jones and Ingram on the same side or. You know, even Clark and Ingram on the same side with Ingram as the inside player, that sort of thing. Um, there's a lot of different things they could do. And, yeah, if, if the way Clark is playing right now and Jones kind of getting healthier again, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of exciting to see what that trio can do moving forward. I'm just excited to see what it looks like Sunday because it sounds like Ingram's going to play. And so we'll, we'll see yep. maybe a few snaps from him. It does. Uh, a few snaps uh, from Melvin Ingram. We'll see how many snaps that is. Uh, speaking of Spagnola, do you, do you notice anything different since we've been talking uh, throughout is do you feel this defense is getting better? And I say this because they're now fourth in po- in points against per drive. Uh, they've been able to bring the run defense down to twenty second. They've given up those two touchdowns in the last four games in the second half. Do you see progress? I know that Bolton, since he's been playing when Hitchens has been hurt, it looks serviceable. You know, forcing those five three and outs last week. The Chiefs defense did. I know it was against the Giants, but still, that was steps for this defense. Yeah, I absolutely see progress, and I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm kind of buying in a little bit um, to the fact that the defense has improved, and I think it's very simple. You you kind of mentioned it right there with Nick Bolton playing for Anthony Hitchens, and I think and, you know with the Juan Thornhill and for Sorensen for 100 percent of the snaps as the starter. I think I think that's that's what it is really. I think the Chiefs are just getting their best players on the field on defense uh, all of a sudden, and that wasn't the case at the beginning of the year. Um, but now you have your guy, especially Willie Gay, getting back in the lineup. You have this defense pretty much at full strength, and that includes putting in guys that weren't playing before. That you know the coaching staff obviously was hesitant to put in, in in the term in the case of Thornhill. So that's why with Hitchens back this week, I'm really curious to see if if, if Spags defaults back to Hitchens as the mic, because I, it's just hard for me if I'm the coach. I'm not going away from what's working, and what's been working right now is Bolton playing Mike and and being in that position because it seems like it's his teammates trust him. He's been making plays. And when you have momentum like this, I, I just, as a defensive coach, I wouldn't want to change anything up. I'd want to keep it going. And I, and I think Spag is smart enough to realize that. I really hope we don't just see Hitchens go back to playing every snap of the Mike linebacker. I'd love to see them trust Bolton and Gay as the two linebackers, Bolton as the Mike, and then have Hitchens come in at Sam or something, you know, and, 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 and those three linebacker sets. I mean, and that doesn't mean Hitchens can't ever play Mike on any snap, but Bolton's been playing so well. Don't mess with. Don't mess up what's going on. I think he's he's trending, and, and playing a lot better than Hitchens has played this year when he was healthy. 
I think they just got to keep that going. And, and if they don't, I think that's going to be a questionable decision by size if they, if they kind of go right back to Hitchens. Well, Ben Neiman, the last three weeks, you go back to Washington game, 73% of the snaps, 74% of the snaps against Tennessee, then 73% of the snap against the Giants. Like these linebackers are all versatile. They can play the different roles. I really like, uh, I really like uh, in the Will, in the Sam role, Willie Gay. I mean, it's back to back interceptions in two straight weeks. To me, he and Nick Bolton don't leave the field. The defense has been playing better with them. And Willie Gay has been that guy getting the turnovers, which his team desperately needs. And Nick Bolton is just the best tackler, as we've said all year, on this defense, and it's not even close. Keep them there. Maybe Hitchens starts sneaking into some of the Ben Neiman snaps. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's what it should be. It should be Bolton and Gay as the two linebackers all the time, three linebacker sets instead of bringing Neiman and you got Hitchens. But the other thing too is is their dime personnel. They do like to go into the dime personnel with sixty seven back on the field. That's when you'll see forty nine and fifty six Sorensen and Neiman on the field together, kind of both manning those those off ball linebacker, uh, you know, uh, in the box spots. And that's where I'd like to see. You know, I I, I think Hitchens. As much as Neiman, you know, I, I think Neiman has a, a limited athletic profile, just like Hitchens. So I, I don't really understand why they couldn't have Hitchens as that time linebacker if they really some, wanted someone experienced in there. And maybe, and you know, because that, that's all your dime is going to be what you're playing, your second long, third and long, kind of crucial situations. And they do like the blitz out of that. So maybe that's why, uh, you know, they prefer to have you know Neiman. Neiman can blitz pretty well, um, I would say. So. I'd be curious, though, to see if they, if they do switch that up because they do like to go in their dime. I think it's an important package for them. But they've never gone away the past three years. It's, it's been Neiman and Sorensen as those two guys kind of off the ball and dime. I'd love to see them eventually maybe go to Willie in that situation. But if they want someone more experienced, I think Hitchens could hold up there too, honestly. The one thing, of course, has been the, the, the turnovers for the Chiefs. It's been a major problem. They've given it away 19 times. The Packers don't do this. They've got six giveaways all season. They're plus eight in the turnover ratio, second in the NFL, and the Chiefs are sitting there last in the NFL on that. It's one of those things, Ron. I mean, you say don't turn it over, don't turn it over. You can't do it like high school and have these guys carry football around all day. You know, they're grown men. They're not going to do that. But I don't know, man. I mean, I, I was saying it's a fluke. It's a fluke. They can turn it around. But here we are, week nine. It continues to be a problem. How concerned are you that this is what the Chiefs are? They're a turnover team right now. Yeah, it's a high level of concern because it's it just like you said, it, we're halfway through the season and it's been a prevalent problem the entire season. And and it's it's one of those things where it's just kind of, you know, when it's not your year, this kind of stuff happens. And yeah, it could be correctable. could be correctable at, at any week and we could come out one week and not have any turnovers and force a couple and then all of a sudden you're feeling good. But yeah, it's just, there's no comp, there's no reason to be confident that that will happen right now. And, and that's the thing. The Packers are a really good football team. You know, everyone gets excited that Aaron Rodgers is playing and this should give the Chiefs a better chance. Man, without, you know, without Rodgers, this team is still an elite roster. And, and yeah, Jordan Love may not be able to, to carry them depending on how well the Chiefs play Sunday. Um, but I, I, I do think the Packers have a really good team. They have really good defensive backs. I know J.R. Alexander is not playing. He hasn't been playing. Um, but, but their safeties, they're and Zedarius. a duo of safeties. Uh, Adrian Amos and you know Darnell Savage. Those are really those are two guys that that make plays. They also got a couple good pass rushers in Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark, and then their linebacker, Devondre Campbell. I believe he was a I want to say he was the player of the month or something uh, recently, a player of the week. He's been really good lately, and and so they have they have playmakers at every level of their defense, and that's just that, that's they're going to be able to create turnovers to Chiefs present the opportunities to them. 
Chiefs just got to have to, you know, not make the mistakes themselves and and try to, you know, try to have the defense, uh, you know, or, or allow the defense, not allow the defense to do it, uh, to create the turnovers, kind of get it out of the harm's way. But uh, Packers definitely have the playmakers to do that, to, to make the turnover. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and Ron, really one of the big discussions in the offseason is Aaron Rodgers going to do Jeopardy or is he going to play football? They didn't know. So Jordan Love was starting to get groomed as maybe that guy. I mean, he's taking the reps and OTAs and stuff like that until Rodgers got back. But the bottom line is, like, I know that the, the Chiefs have to go back to Utah State and they can go look at the preseason for some of his tendencies and whatever. And, again, he's been in the NFL now because last year was a redshirt year. So any kind of tendencies he had, because he does turn the ball over a lot. He had 29 interceptions back in college, 17 his last year at Utah State. So he is prone to the interception. But that probably was a lot of those tendencies were probably worked out with the Green Bay Packers over last season. Yeah, what kind of advantage do you think he has, the fact that Chiefs really don't have any tape on him? Yeah, I do think that can be an advantage to an extent. I, I, I want to say, though, that I think the Packers' offense will, and, and we just saw them last week against the Arizona Cardinals. They really just, hey, we don't have our top three receivers. We're just going to run the heck out of the ball, play you know, play uh, time of possession football, kind of play some strong defense, and they won that way. And I can see them doing that again. They had Rodgers that game. Um, so I, I, I don't think they'll, they'll put too much on Love's plate. And Love is a talented quarterback in terms of his arm talent. So in that sense, it's not like, you know, it's not like they're getting used to Rodgers and then they see Love and they're like, oh, well, we don't have to worry about his arm because, you know, Rodgers' arm is so much better. Well, Love has a pretty dang good raw, raw arm. Uh, hey, he was, he was so. being compared to Mahomes and stuff throughout the draft process. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And actually, you uh, you watch a play from he actually got in the week one game against the Saints that blowout, um, and, and he actually made one throw that was I, I pointed it out on Twitter, pretty nice throw. He, he was kind of you know kind of feeling a little pressure in the pocket, put it you know put a beautiful uh, you know thirty uh, two yard pass down the field, uh, right on the money. So he can he can make those throws. So yeah, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think the defense will be caught off guard by his arm talent. I think they're they're smart enough to know he's got it. And they kind of just have to, to, to play those big plays like they would with Rodgers, too. So I think it won't be too big of an advantage the fact that Love hasn't been seen uh, for, the, for the Packers. Ron Kopp, the lead film analyst, uh, lead analyst for EarlheadPride.com, at Ron underscore Kopp, K-O-P-P. He also joins uh, Pete Sweeney and I every week at 6.15 on Wednesdays on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Ron, enjoy it. Uh, enjoy the weekend until the game. And oh, we, get the, we, we fall back. Time wise, so don't forget about that. Don't forget that stuff. Oh, man. geez, thank I know. You for reminder. I just got reminded that myself. We it's gonna be dark earlier. So anyway, all right, Ron, you take it easy, man. Yeah, I appreciate you, Jay. All right, there you go, Ron Cop, right there. The Packers, <laughs> they said some interesting things, and Ryan Clark, they they talked the defensive uh, lineman, the nose tackle for the Packers, said some interesting thing about turnovers. But Aaron Jones said something, Julio, that I've had a lot of fun with. And we'll see if you notice the same thing I noticed next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez. 7 o'clock, I'll head out to uh, Milwaukee and talk to Sparky Pfeiffer, WSSP, about everything going on with the Packers. And we'll, of course, talk about this uh, game with the Kansas City Chiefs as well. 7.30, Red Sash Brewing. It's a veteran-owned brewery that's doing some cool things. Taking over where the border used to be. Because Border Brewing, really one of the OGs in Kansas City as far as breweries, they moved to a bigger location, right? So he took it over. Good dude, too. Pat Mitchell, we'll talk to him at 7.30. But I want you to hear this, Julio. 
I saw that Twitter was having fun with this, uh, with the local media. Like Harold Coons had put this out there and say, "Would you notice on it?" And so I like listened to it and said, "Okay, I'll see what I noticed on it." Anyway, and then I went back and watched the press conferences, like I typically do. You know, I like to to watch those things and see what the opponents are saying. But this was uh, Aaron Jones. Tell me if you notice anything he says that is a little bit off. Um, I see they they have a great defense. All right, that's not it. You sure? Or he calls it great defense. Sure. That's not it. They have uh, they have a, two good edge rushers. Um, you know, they have a, a really good veteran safety. Um, they have speed at the linebacker position. They'll bring uh, 49 in, sourcing, um, move him around. Um, they just got Melvin Ingram. So they have some some nice pieces, um, some D, some good DBs. So um, they have some nice pieces and just got to be ready to play football. You know, they, they're in the, in the Super Bowl back-to-back. So that, that talks for itself. First of all, that was cool at the end. They were in back-to-back Super Bowl. That talks for itself. That's why they've been handling this. Like, all right. Despite the Chiefs' record, they are back-to-back AFC champions, right? I mean, that part's true. The really good defense, that part's not true. You know, that's, so this is fun with audio. Then he mentions good, yep. good edge rushers. Yep. And while Chris Jones is, when he's on the inside, it's one of the best. Doug Farrar hit him his best three technique in football from USA Today uh, from last year. I totally agree with that. I thought he was behind Aaron Donald as far as best interior pass rushers. This is what I'm talking about. He said that veteran safety, Tyron Matthew, right? Not. He mentioned two guys by name. <laughs> yep. He mentioned two yep. guys by name. One was Melvin it. Ingram because I think he's new to this, new to here. But he brought up Melvin Ingram. I don't think he would have done it had he been here all year or whatever. But he brings up number forty-nine. Who's that again? Sorensen, because he yep. said it. Yep. He knows his number, his name. What I'm saying is, <laughs> these teams know where Dirty Dan is, so they're going to pick on him. Is what is what he's saying is they're going to pick on him. Hundred percent right? guarantee when they're doing their defensive film study and stuff, or their offensive the film field. study, they're showing. Where Dirty Dan's lining up the offense up in Green Bay. They're seeing where Sorensen's lining up. And they're saying, when you see this, we go man-to-man. Go after. If they're man-to-man, we're going at you. Because, one, you might be interfered with, which which happened last week. You have a good chance of catching it. Or he misses tackles. But he knew. Like, he mentioned pass rushers, veteran safety. He didn't say the honey badger, all that. But he said 49, Sorensen. That's the only player that he named as far Except as the for Ingram, goes. but he's new. Right, so. but but by number, he's the only one they pointed out, right? Oh yeah, forty nine. that correctly, right? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be a long Sunday night, isn't it? Um, I see. They they have a great defense. They have uh they have a, two good edge rushers. Um, you know they have a, a really good veteran safety. Um, <laughs> veteran they have safety speed at the linebacker position. They'll bring uh, forty nine <laughs> in sourcing. Um, move him around. <laughs> that veteran safety, who's all pro, by the way. Everybody knows who the honey badger is, right? Everyone knows who Sorensen is, too. <laughs> they do. Yes, they do. But Dirty Dan gets called out by number and name. But anyway, that is their mindset. Also, Kenny Clark, their nose tackle, was asked a question. You surprised the Chiefs are 4-4. Four and four. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to win in this league. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, when you, uh, when, you turn it over, when you turn in the ball over, um, you know, other guys, you know, these guys get paid. Everybody gets paid to, to play this game at a high level, and you be playing against the best. So, you know, when you can, when you give anybody, you know, more opportunities to uh, to put points on the board, you know, more often than not, you're gonna lose. I mean, this game is all about the ball, you know, and uh, when you lose that battle, then you usually lose, usually lose the game. So, despite despite asking being asked about Aaron Rodgers, every question that's asked on there. 
They were talking about Chiefs turnovers, right? Because there he goes. This is why they're four and four. Because that he goes on. Uh, you know, it's a lot of opportunities out there. You know, um, you know whether it's us getting you know interceptions, getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, guys putting guys fumbling the ball. We can punch out the ball. Uh, so you know, it's a lot of stuff that we see on film. Um, it's the only thing they see, the man. About turnovers. So uh, you know, that's something that that we we definitely gonna put emphasis on uh, all week. <laughs> These are what ball hawks think about. There's blood in the they, water, they man. They see the way you're carrying the football. They know they can knock it out. They know your confidence is shaking a little bit. That's why two hands on the ball because it's going to matter because it's exactly what they're coming out on. Here's uh, Matt Lafleur, their head coach, right? He talks about Jordan Love for just a second, then right to the Chiefs' turnovers. Yeah, I think he's just going to have to go out there and operate and lead our offense, and we're going to have to do a great job, just like we have been, of, of taking care of the football. And then, conversely, on the defensive side, we're going to have to do we're going to have to be op- opportunistic. Um, I think just a lot of the Chiefs' struggles uh, could you could attribute to them not winning. Uh, the turnover battle. And so I know that's going to play a significant part this week. And we just got to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to be on the plus side of that. <laughs> it's all they're talking about, it's right? no secret, man. It's it, not I, a secret. You know, I don't know if they get a little meeting Lafleur, who, by the way, was asked about the Aaron Rodgers interview today because they asked him about it. Did you see that? He said he hadn't, oh. which guarantees heard about it. He said he wasn't going to go watch it, but I guarantee he probably shouldn't, right? I mean, uh, probably not. I mean, just the <laughs> thumbnail sketch of it can tell him everything. I mean, I'll just write it down. And just all right, this is what we're going to be dealing with. These are the questions you're going to be asked. Again, it's not worrying about your next opponent. It's what your quarterback said to Pat McAfee. That's it's the Aaron Rodgers show. That that, that, that is a hundred percent what you call a distraction. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes, the Aaron Rodgers debate, drama, whatever you want to call it, and I'm not talking about him getting a shot or not. Not talking about that. I'm saying it is a distraction because that's what it is. It is a hundred percent distraction for that football team. But is it? That's aren't they used to it by now? Though I mean, it's been like that oh, since yeah. the preseason. I, I will right? say this: they won seven in I a mean, row. I mean, they've dealt with the, the Rodgers drama in the offseason. That's no different than what they've been dealing with, I guess. I think they're, he, he, he's so damn good where they move on. They deal with it. Because they, exactly. they have to. Exactly. He's, he's just that good that you deal with it. But I, if I was a Packers fan, I would be excited about this weekend. Because but if Jordan Love lights it up where they can say, well, he played the Chiefs defense. Well, yeah. you get the Seahawks the next week. And we don't know. Rodgers may or may not be back by that game. It's going to be Saturday that he can come back again. He's got a test negative and all this. He's 10 days. Ten days is the period for him, so it does expire on Saturday, so maybe he plays or not. But Jordan Love is their future. It's a small window into their future. But here's the thing. They went Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. They went Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Is Jordan Love? They, they, they've been lucky, man. Just passed the baton. It's like Kansas basketball, man. They passed the baton to great coaches. Colts, Manning, into, you know, that whole situation. Manning went to luck. Was it luck? Yeah, I mean, it's, and then, of course, that didn't work out how they thought, but luck was very good in he the very still beginning. Good. Uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. So these teams just get lucky with the baton being passed and the torch being passed from quarterback to quarterback. And then if you're the Patriots and Brady leaves, then screeching halt. Screeching halt. Well, we, you. Say that, we say that for now, but they haven't looked too shabby the last couple of weeks on offense. Well, but still, it's not Tom Brady. It's not, not yet. Coming up next, though, I talked to Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, WSSP in Milwaukee, the big show up there. 1250 a.m. the game in Milwaukee. We talk about a lot of these situations with the Packers, with Jordan Love. Is this a guy that uh, fans in Green Bay think could be the next answer? Can he beat the Kansas City Chiefs? It's our question next. 
This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 